J.C. Corcoran Podcast. Kyle was joined in the Rat Patrol by another Trump lawyer and guy thinking, oh, they mean jail jail. <laughs> Kenneth Cheese Bro. Now, to be fair, Cheese Bro pronounces his name Chesbro. Also, to be fair, I do not care how he pronounces his name. He is a guy from Wisconsin. He is a cheese bro. Cheese bro. Kenneth Cheese Bro admitted he worked with Trump and other members of his inner circle to overturn the 2020 election by putting forward slates of fake Republican electors in multiple states that Trump lost. We should have known that Cheese Bro was behind it all when the fake electors were named Rick Cotta, <laughs> Bibi Gouda, Monty Rajak, and Brie Larson. Now, no, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful like look. Did that voice inside you say I've heard it all before? It's like It is Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. How are you doing, kids? You are at jconthelion.com. I can't stress this enough, <laughs> okay, because I can remember Halloween's in St. Louis, and we lived out in the Chesterfield Valley, and there, you know, when our daughter was really, really little, and before that, my first marriage with my two daughters from my previous marriage, we'd be out trick-or-treating, and I can remember some Halloween's where the weather was just beautiful, about 70 degrees, and you just go out there, and the kids in those little flimsy Halloween outfits, you know? And I can also remember Halloween's where we, as the adults, were uh, sitting there around a fire, and I'm talking about a major fire, because it was so damn cold out. I remember one year, you know, after months of agonizing over what her Halloween costume was going to be and the excitement that, you know, five and six-year-old kids experience when they're talking about going trick-or-treating. I mean, it's like the biggest day of their lives. In some ways, it's even bigger than Christmas because, you know, you get to dress up. And I mean, I don't have to explain Halloween to you or why that would appeal to a kid. Free candy. My daughter went to two houses and said, that's it. It was so so cold. And Seinfeld used to do those routines about trying to get a winter coat under a Superman costume. And then sometimes you just throw in the towel completely and, you know, you, you like I said, you agonize over the idea of the selection of a Halloween costume and then you have to put a winter coat and a hood over it. And the poor kids. This year, it would appear to be one of those cases because, you know, like today, Beautiful day in St. Louis yesterday with sunshine at about 80 degrees. Same thing as yesterday, except clouds more than sun. And then we started going to this transitional thing, and we've been getting away with murder, all right? Had like an extra month of summer, for God's sakes. The rain moves in, raining on and off for the next couple of days. And then, you know, the other issue, the other issue is Sunday night with that soccer game, which doesn't even start at City Park until, what is it, 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock. And I keep asking my buddies Ted and Tom to explain it here. Sunday night MLS matches on Fox Sports 1 is the equivalent of Sunday night football on NBC. Oh, didn't know that. Cincinnati, who is the Eastern Conference top seed, has their match start 
starting at 7 p.m. Central. Eight of the 14 teams and the Western Cards are going to go. So tradition, apparently. Tradition. Well, your tradition is going to result in death from exposure. Now, this is still a couple of days away, so it's hard to say what the timing will be. But right now, at least, they're saying that this whole Armageddon starts taking place Sunday into Sunday night and Monday, where temperatures are just gone. And, for example, two weeks today, it is Halloween, and there are snow showers in the forecast, and the overnight low is going to be 29. Moral of the story if there's some way to get uh, like a trunk or treat thing in for your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whatever it is, or maybe you're one of those people who's just Halloween crazy, I personally think Halloween is for kids to participate in and for adults to enjoy as bystanders, but a lot of people don't believe that. Like I said, I was in the Central West End one or two years when those Halloween parties were going on and people were just strutting up and down the streets of the Central West End, half naked usually, and there's some joy to be gotten out of that. I understand that, but get her done and get her done early because next week you don't want to know, although I just told you, so you do know. You know how rare it is to get a Game 7 in a major sport? And to get Game 7s on consecutive nights is nuts. But I'm glad to see the Astros tossed out. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Proves maybe there still is a god. And um, so Texas Rangers going to the World Series. And we have another Game 7 tonight with the Phillies in Arizona. That game is at 7 o'clock. Big upset Monday Night Football last night. The Vikings, who are just up and down, up and down, up and down, knocked off the 49ers. 22-17. Blues begin a long road trip starting tonight in Winnipeg. Some people might be wondering if this Taylor Swift thing is a major distraction for the Kansas City Chiefs and maybe some of the players start to get a little sick of it. Answer apparently is a resounding no fucking way. When Taylor is in the house, Travis Kelsey is averaging almost 100 total yards per game. When she's not in the house, that number drops to 46. The boys are like, make sure she doesn't miss any games. I should also tell you that my post about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift that I put up on Sunday where I tried to point out a couple of things that I think should be obvious that should make people settle down a little bit on all this thing. And if you want to read it, it's on my Facebook page, The Showgram with J.C. Corcoran. It's from Sunday. That thing is getting a record number of engagements in terms of views, shares, likes, responses, all that stuff. This is why... I sort of get up and in the grill of people who say, who cares? Who cares about this? And the answer is everybody. Well, not everybody. You know what I mean, though? This is one of the most talked up. This is like that Charlie Sheen thing with the goddesses and everything or, you know, balloon boy or any of those things that sort of go on like that. Who cares? Who cares? Who's buying all the concert tickets? Who's downloading all the songs? Who's buying the CDs? People who still buy CDs. Who's buying all the merchandise? Why is there a 400% increase in Travis Kelsey jerseys and merchandise? It might not be you, but it is your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, people you play softball with. It's those people. So it might not be you. But it's everybody around you. Don't give me that who cares stuff. I live in the real world. Do I like it? Hell no. I think she's dippy and I don't like her music. But I live in the real world. I'm not going to look directly at something and then pretend like I didn't see it. But there's a lot of people who do just that. 
why is the NFL privately privately confessing that this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to the NFL? Who cares? When you say who cares about something like this, you should have a giant flashing neon sign that says, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. And I love this. A German female soccer referee gave a red card to a Turkish player who said to her, you ought to stick to the kitchen. So she gave him a five-match suspension, and as part of it, he'll also have to officiate one women's match, too. That is precious. I love that. Oh, and because we have two consecutive Game 7s on consecutive nights, time to bring in Brian Regan. I always love whenever there's a best-of-seven series, because then I get to hear my favorite sports reporter question. Would you consider this a must-win game? <laughs> you know, they always feel like they have to say yes. Yeah, we want to win it. It's very important, you know. Got our uniforms on it. Anyway, might as well try. <laughs> but it's not always the right answer, man. It's a math question. I wish I would answer that question honestly. It's a best of seven. You're down one game to nothing. Would you consider this a must-win game? No. No, we can lose tonight. We can lose tomorrow night, too. We don't want to, but that wasn't your question. You asked if it was a must-win game, and if you'd ever taken a rudimentary math class, You'd already know the magic number's three. When you're down three, then you must win them or you're out. I also don't like when they force answers on players. Or, you know, are you dedicating this game to your dying grandmother? Well, I guess now I am. I didn't even know she was sick. The winning team always gives the losing team a lot of credit. You got to give them a lot of credit. They came to play. They got a good team over there and a good squad. If we weren't perfect, I don't know if we would have won this game. They should hold their heads up high. You got to give them a lot of credit. I wonder if that news ever gets to the loser's locker room. Great news, fellas. I just came from the winner's locker room. I am not making this up. They are giving you a lot of credit. I'm telling you. I was just there. I got here as quickly as I could, but it was hard with the balloons and the confetti and all the champagne in my eyes. I was bouncing off walls to share the fantastic news. You're getting a lot of credit for their championship. And they've invited all of you to come over and kiss their rings. You guys are great. Thank you. I don't think I've ever seen that guy bomb. He's been out there for the last, what, 30 years doing stand-up comedy. I've never seen the guy bomb. He's amazing. Brian Regan right there. I have friends who have a kid that has a giant head, and I've never said anything to them about it, but they must know that everybody is thinking the same thing. How the fuck did that kid get this giant fucking head? I wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. Then the other thing I think of is, good Lord God above, I hope it was a cesarean, because otherwise, well, 
I don't think I need to go into any further discussion of that. The thing about having a giant head, and I dated somebody back in the late 80s who was gorgeous, but she had an an odd-shaped head. Her head was shaped like a triangle. And that's the thing about young people, because she was only about 22 at the time. And something I learned as life sort of went on, that if you have some sort of pronounced feature, especially facially, I got news for you. 20, 30 years down the line, whatever that pronounced feature is, it's going to be that much more pronounced. To get a big nose, it is just going to get bigger. If your ears stick out, they're just going to end up sticking out more the older you get. And the thing about having an odd-shaped or giant head, there's just nothing you can really do about it. It's not like you can comb your hair a certain way. I mean, if you're a woman, I guess you can wear long hair and have it coming down across your cheeks just next to your eyes so that it camouflages the fact that you have a giant fucking head or a head shaped like a triangle. I mention all of this because the first pictures of Paris Hilton's baby boy, whose name is Phoenix, has one of these giant heads and people are making fun of him. Paris, by the way, says he's perfectly healthy. He just has, quote, a large brain. The baby came out of you and it has a large brain? Unlikely. Selena Gomez who is, you know, an okay singer, and uh, she's actually a pretty good little actress there in that uh, show with Steve Martin and Martin Short, Only Murders in the Building, has 430 million Instagram followers. And that, by the way, only puts her in 10th place. So there's nine other people who have more than that. 430 million! Everybody in America follows her on Instagram, plus another 100 million people overseas. God help us all. The Millie Vanilli documentary is going to be on Paramount Plus tonight. Everybody remember that? It's two guys who looked like very, very hip, extremely noticeable pop stars. The only problem is is they were lip syncing to everything and they got caught. That actually might be fun to watch. I may just do that. Jagger is going to be on with Jimmy Fallon tonight. Olivia Rodrigo on with Kimmel. Jim Gaffigan on with Colbert. And comedian Nate Bargatze is hosting Saturday Night Live this week. He's going to be on with Seth Meyers. Again, all the late-night television talk shows stuck with not being able to bring in actors and movie stars because they're still on strike. Pretty soon they're just going to be all interviewing one another. Go back to Strike Force 5. A ton of celebrities, including Tiffany Haddish, Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake, Chris Rock, and Gwyneth Paltrow, got together and signed an open letter to President Biden urging him to get Hamas to release its hostages. I'm sure Joe Biden's sitting there going, oh, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'll get right to work on that. (laughs) What the the hell? If you like the Mission Impossible franchise and you were looking forward to this spring where the new movie is going to come out, They just pushed it back to May 23rd, 2025. Not 24, 25. See what I mean here? Look, I'm just going through these stories, and here it is again. Nikki Glaser spent $25,000 seeing nine shows on Taylor Swift's concert tour. Uh, Good news, Mary Lou Retton out of the ICU and recovering at home after a near-fatal bout with pneumonia. Kevin Klein, 76 today. It's This was before my time in St. Louis. I got to St. Louis in 84. But I hear stories about Kevin Klein's dad, who owned a record store. Was it in Clayton or Brentwood or somewhere right around that whole Brentwood Boulevard area just north of Clayton Road? 
I think somebody told me it was in there. Again, like I said, this was before I got to St. Louis. But Kevin Klein's dad owned a record store. And there are legendary stories about how people would come in in the 1960s to buy Beatles records, and he would sell them the Beatles records. But while they were in the store, he'd go, now, I'm going to give you this, but I want you to listen to this, too. And he would try to sell them on something symphonic or an opera thing or something. It sounds like he was a character. And Kevin Klein himself... Well, he has the admiration of all red-blooded American men for landing Phoebe Cates, and I just better move on. Bill Lyman, 87 years old today. We lived in my grandfather's house when I was a kid on the southwest side of Chicago, and he died when he was 72, and he might as well have been 172. And yet, Bill Lyman is still drumming at 87. And speaking of the Stones... It was on this date 45 years ago, 1978, Keith Richards convicted in Canada of heroin possession. They gave him a one-year suspended sentence, and they said, "Uh, what you got to do is you got to play a charity concert for the blind. Got off sort of uh, cushy there, I think. And the year was 1989, and that fucking Jim Baker, who's back on television again, 45-year sentence in prison for all of the fraud and conspiracy stemming from the PTL club. Praise the Lord. No, pass the loot. An appeals court reduced his sentence. He gets out and goes right back on TV, attempting to bilk old people out of their life savings. And you got to be careful if you're fooling around on the side. Marv Albert fucked around and found out back in 1997. He's hooking up with some chick while he was on the road doing basketball and football games. And it's getting kinky and he starts biting her back. Things get out of control. She decides to go public and there's Marv sitting there with everybody. Every time I see Marv Albert now, I think to myself, huh, pretty kinky son of a bitch right there. Biting. Uh, if you watch a lot of porn you're going to have to explain to me why there's all this choking going on. I don't understand it. I understand the rough sex thing a little bit. Not really into it myself, but I understand a little bit of it. But I don't understand actually choking somebody. But that stuff is all over the place. And if you want to smell good, and I think most of us do, a recent study considered 30 different fragrances to determine which scents had the biggest effect on arousal in men. Not just that we like the smell, but that it, shall we say, gets the job done. When I was in college, I used to date this girl who wore musk oil. Musk oil. I don't know what that stuff was, but it made me insane. I don't even know if they still make it or if women still wear it. And, and it doesn't smell the same in the bottle as it smells when somebody's wearing it, especially after they've been wearing it a while. But I'm telling you, it, it did something to me of an involuntary nature. So what they did is they started testing all this stuff on men. And of course, the guys come in, they probably answer an ad or something and come walking in and go, okay, what do I do? I smell this and I tell you if I like it. And they're like, no, it's a little more involved than that. Take your pants down. Like, oh. And then they would sniff this stuff and they would see if you started acting like you were, uh, you know, ready for a little lipstick on the dipstick. And they found out that the most stimulating combination was lavender and pumpkin pie. Second was a combination of black licorice and donut. This was to make me aroused or make me hungry. The least arousing smell, by the way, it says here was cranberry, but I happen to know it's actually Pauly Shore. Judy Garland was only 16 when she made The Wizard of Oz, but the producers were so concerned about her continuing to look like a child through the course of the production, so they put her on a diet of chicken soup, black coffee, and 80 cigarettes a day. 80 at 16. And I stopped laughing at farts 
when I was about five or six, and I think that's when you're supposed to stop laughing about it, but I do know a lot of people who still think farts are one of the funniest things on earth. I don't get it. Now, remember when we were kids, I think everybody probably heard this at one time or another, when you sneeze, that sneeze is coming out of your face at 100 miles an hour. And we're like, wow. Well, when you pass gas, according to scientists, not only do tiny particles of feces leave your body, you're like, wait a minute, it's harmless. I just passed gas, big deal. No, it's a little more complicated than that. Tiny particles of feces come out. And by the way, the gas and these particles come out of your body at 543 miles an hour. So the stuff is coming out of your body five times faster than a sneeze, which I find hard to believe, but that's what they say. And you think your job sucks too? Career day at grammar school? Everybody bring you either your mom or your dad in to talk about their career. Mr. Johnson, what do you do? I'm a police officer. Mr. Smith, what do you do? I'm a firefighter. Now let's bring Bobby's daddy up here. What do you do, sir? I time the speed of farts. Although the kids would probably love that. Be careful with that knife. Carving pumpkins. 46% of all pumpkin-related knife injuries happened this week. Tinder just announced a few new features, and one of them is a matchmaking option, which allows you to send profiles to friends and family, and then they get to vote with their recommendations. So your mom calls up your sister and says, what do you think of Bobby's new slut? And just because you're on Tinder does not mean you're single. I'm convinced that more than half of the people on Tinder are married. But if you, know, you we all have those friends, one or two of them at least, that are still single. And when you talk to the friend, you get into a long conversation. That seems to bother us more than it does them. I have quite a few friends who are, you know, in their 40s, 50s, whatever, and they're single, and they love it. They're very, very happy with their complete independence, not having to answer to anybody, and they just get to come and go as they please. But people on social media have ganged up, and they're, they're going to solve this problem for the people who are still single and not wanting to be that way. Some people mention character issues, like he's not as nice a person as he thinks he is. Some people come off as too confident, while other people have zero self-esteem or sometimes even a lack of self-control. Some people said, oh, you know, that person is too immature. Some people just smell bad. Some said the person has an unrealistic impression of themselves. Some said the person has unrealistic expectations for a partner. The person can't stop living in the past. The person has an unappealing internet record, which means something you did that was unflattering back in the day is easily discovered by a simple Google search. Some people talk too much. Some people are self-centered. Some people are too clingy or need constant validation. My last cat lived to be almost 17 years old. I still miss him every day. So about six months ago, when we decided to get a kitten, it was sort of a uh, unpleasant, awkward conversation. Because now, if you combine that 17-year life expectancy of a kitty cat, and then you add my age, well, if you do the math here, it's entirely possible the cat's going to live longer than I do. So now they're all going to be sitting around going, now he's dead, and now we got a cat we got to take care of. I mention this because Bobby, B-O-B-I, in Portugal, the world's oldest dog ever, just passed away at the age of 31. Which, by the way, if you want to do that dog years thing, is 217. Although people will argue that the world does not rotate faster for cats and dogs.
And I remember, hmm, this was decades ago, there was somebody on one of the daytime television shows, and he was a memory expert. And he said that he could teach anybody how to have a good memory. And so, I don't know, there were about 100 people in the audience there at this daytime television talk show. And he went through the crowd and memorized everybody's name. And it took a long time. They went to a commercial. He was still doing it. They came back, and he finished memorizing all of the 100 people's names. And then they said, okay, now the fun part. Let's see if you really remember. And I'll be damned if the guy couldn't do it. He was amazing. And I saw him do it on more than one show, so it's not like it was an audience full of plants or anything. This guy could really do it. And he did it through association. See, now when I meet somebody for the first time, I always forget their name because what I'm doing is the whole time I'm thinking to myself, is this person confronting me? Are they going to try to kill me in just a moment? Are they going to say something, uh, you know, hostile? So that's what I'm thinking about rather than trying to remember the person's name. So I always have to ask them, assuming they don't try to kill me, please tell me your name again. And then I try to remember it. I try to do the association thing too. So if I meet a guy and he says his name is Dave, I'll think to myself, oh, I picture him with Dave Murray. If his name is Phil, I'll imagine that guy with a gas pump in his hand, filling up his tank. If I ever get introduced to that new sportscaster on Channel 5, I think I'll remember her name. <laughs> she's like she's like 19 years old. She still has Justin Bieber posters on her bedroom wall at home. But man... Has she been given a set of knockers? And um, if you don't want me to react to that, too bad. I'm a guy. Besides the people who complain about that, JC, that's disgusting. You reduce women to sexual objects, and then they go back to watching Fox News with all, with all those bleach blondes showing their legs all the time. So experts, again, say that there's a technique to make sure that you learn how to remember things. It actually comes from medieval monks they say you need to create vivid, shocking mental pictures of the subject. So basically, use your imagination to surround it with things that are violent, gory, sexual, colorful, noisy, or wild. Whenever <laughs> when we were kids, remember how they used to say, an elephant never forgets. An elephant never forgets, my dad used to say. What the hell do they have to remember? And as we told you yesterday, Mike Pence held a campaign event at a pizza ranch restaurant in Iowa, and only 13 people showed up. Now, that's a bad sign when the number of pizza toppings is larger than your crowd. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Tuesday, October 24th, 2023 is in the can. We are here every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at 11 o'clock, absolutely free at jconthelinecom Please try to spread the word if you can. Let people know that we are here every day pumping this stuff out. You can reach me. By email, jc at jconthelinecom Facebook, The Showgram with JC Corcoran. Getting ready for another Game 7 tonight. We live in exciting times. And with that, we say we'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 101.5 St. Louis, 101.7 West and beyond. Streaming at kwolf.com. And in the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The JC Corcoran Podcast.